0: Hello, and welcome to So You Think You Can Fanon. Please check the link tree in the description and see all of our beautiful, lovely, salacious links to listen to more. Thank you.
1: Hello, and welcome to So You Think You Can Fanon, the only podcast where Matt says hello. Three seconds into hello. the recording where we do a ten-second bit of silence. You won't hear that because we're going to remove it.
0: No, I'll say it again. Hello.
1: Hello, Matt. Ayo. yeah, sorry
0: Ross. about that. My dad passed by.
1: Ah. We also are joined here with, of course, uh, Sergio, who has never missed a recording outside the book club.
0: Ever. 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 In, in a million years. Not once in a thousand eons You're does it occur. Those, One of the uh, rarest.
2: You recorded a Ruby episode and I believe a and d episode without me. Was
1: it the one that was posted on the YouTube not too long ago? Because I'm pretty sure I heard your voice. <laughs> no. Mm. Okay, so a different one. Anyways, welcome back. We we just got for like for everyone's like recording timeline. We just got back from ColossalCon. We'll have a we'll have a we'll have a recap out eventually for that. But we it's just the three of us. No Jake or Kai today. Unfortunately, Bartholomew has been destroyed.
0: They were killed in the bite of yeah. eighty-seven.
1: They were, they were, they got got by the grip of eighty-seven.
0: The grip of ninety-two. Excuse me. Yeah.
1: Moment of silence for Bertram. He will be missed.
0: And Jacob saw Spider Verse Five: The End of the Spider Verse.
2: I saw it twice.
1: You saw the end of the Spider Verse twice.
2: I did saw it um on the sixth alongside shin combinator
1: epic i kind of want to go see it again myself because i need to digest it again and i'm gonna hope that the audio issues are just a theater thing it was a theater thing okay so you could hear spider punk
2: (laughs) yes apparently from what, what I was seeing on Twitter that a, that a lot of people got like a fucking audio balance when they went to go see it
1: that's messed okay. up that's weird well hopefully we don't have a fucking audio balance this time because we're breaking out the crack fix once more uh, obviously if you know what a crack fix is you're in for a humorous time but if you don't uh, crack fiction is meant to be not serious A little bit of funny ha-has here and there it is meant to be taken lightly. Nothing, nothing crazy.
0: Very lightly.
2: So I believe the first one we're starting with is one you wrote. Yes,
1: yeah, so it is a Colossal Con special. Uh, I I wanted to write something new because we had a lot of Christmas themed stuff coming, and I wanted to write something that was different. Uh, obviously, another one that was very important to me was making sure that it wasn't just another sex fan fiction because. In my humble but accurate opinion, having character A fuck character B is kind of the low-hanging fruit. I think there's always more that you can be done. What be, you know, no? It yeah, it doesn't have to be the crutch that the fanfic relies on. All right.
0: All
1: right. Okay. I I, I will say I will say though this
2: one kind of hit me for this one had me ask wanting to ask you some some questions, Ms. MX Doodles of the the content of this. Fanfic.
1: I mean, what what, what problems do you, what problems do you have? I mean, we'll get to that. We can you can ask them at the end. Um, uh, I
2: will have to ask them at the end because I feel like I'll spoil what exactly made me raise several eyebrows because I have multiple, more than
1: this <laughs> You do have two eyebrows, like every human being does. No, I have
2: four <laughs> eyebrows. <laughs>
1: Okay, so uh, I will take over as author because, or as a narrator, because I, I have author notes in here. Um, okay. So obviously Sergio has to be uh, Ururaka because he always plays the girl, yes. and uh, Matt, you're gonna play both uh, Izuku and the uh, and Bakugo once he gets introduced. Oh boy, fuck you! Yeah, you got you got the spectrum there. So uh, this is the Colossal Con original that I wrote. Uh, Ururaka's new money-making scheme, written by me, MX Doodles. You guys, oh, all ready?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, baby!
1: So, for context, by the way, this was this was after a succulent love in the order. So that just to explain some things. Okay. Author's note: But in Comic Sans, and one pixel smaller than the rest of the fic. Sorry, goobers and gaffers, I had to write this bitch of a fanfic within a fucking day, so excuse me if it doesn't reach the high peaks of Rigby fucking Christ. Yes, that actually happened, go listen to our White Elephant episode. I hope you enjoy, and on golly, I hope it at least makes somebody fucking laugh, otherwise I'm going to force myself to watch all the four kids dub of One Piece.
2: Oh,
1: oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let I you know that it. somebody
2: laughed when we read that, and
1: it completely destroyed the challenge. Great. I'm glad. (laughs) It was a beautiful day like any other in Tokyo, Japan. With the sun beaming down, birds singing, it was the perfect day for everyone's favorite punching bag to enjoy a nice book to read. Izuka Midoriya, the protege of the retired number one hero, All Might, was currently sitting beneath a tree with a book in hand. He kept it close to his chest, often scanning around to make sure nobody saw what he was reading, before suddenly...
2: Hey, Midoriya!
1: A cheerful voice broke the silence, making the young boy scream and toss the book into the air. The book was quickly caught by a girl, one that Izuku was quite familiar with, Ochako Uraraka. She glanced down at the cover as Izuku stammered.
0: Oh! Hey, Hey, Uraraka! I was just uh, reading a book and taking notes. Nothing suspicious going on here, you know? just me having fun reading the little book. What
1: is a succulent love? Ochako asked, glancing up at the flustered hero.
0: (laughs) It's nothing. Just romance and fake fiction. I found that I was returning to Mineta. Please. Please give it
1: back. I will ask uh, did did anyone laugh at the reveal that he was reading A Succulent Love? Yes. Okay, good. (laughs) I think everyone thought that was a little clever, including me good meta humor at its finest
0: very lovely meta humor
1: Izuku pleaded hoping for mercy from the brunette who flipped open the book curiously Izuku shrieked as she began to read the magnum opus of author Greg Chudley she began giggling growing flustered then confused she looked up to Izuku and shut the book
2: You have some interesting choices for reading
1: Izuku Ochako commented
0: I I just thought Dante from the Devil May Cry series and Kirby were cute. Anyways, we could break the fourth wall in an anime convention all day, but what's going on?
1: Izuku, you know why I want to be a hero, right? Ochako asked softly, looking down at the young boy.
0: Yeah, to support your family, right?
1: Yeah, I was
2: looking into some new business ventures, and I felt you could help me out.
0: Uh. Oh, uh, oh, 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 oh,
1: Izuku's interest peaked. He wasn't sure what this was about, but given the context, probably sexual.
0: You're not considering opening a the-
1: pants, are you? Izuku squeaked, causing Ochako to blush. What? No, Deku. Ochako turned away from the green-haired boy, her hands covering her red face before looking back to him.
2: You're smart, and I can get connections. I figured that you and I could go into business together.
1: Ochako asked, waiting on Izuku's reply.
0: Business? Well, what kind? Uh,
1: well... With the screen transition to save time, and also because I'm fucking lazy, Uraraka showed Izuku her new place of business. It was far away from society, tucked away in the woods, and in a shed that nobody would find. Wait. Uraraka? You're... With a pause, Izuku put his hands to his cheeks, like the kid from Home Alone, and screamed,
0: We're making crystal
2: meth! Shh. Can't have anyone hear us, but yes, I am making crystal meth, and I need your help. I know my research, <laughs> and we can work together. I know the people, and you know the science.
0: I hate the burst bumble, but I don't actually know how to make crystal meth! We can't go Breaking Bad! Trademark.
2: But it makes so much money than being a hero ever
0: did. Well, yeah, but, but you're not helping people with math.
2: I guess you're right, but it is helping my family.
0: Uraraka, this is insanely illegal.
1: Only if you're a bitch. Urdaka ah! replied, pressing her fingertips together with a joyful glee in her eyes. Besides, I already have a buyer.
0: Y- you do? Oh, who is it? It better not be Kachan. Oh. Izuku sighed, beginning
1: to think back on the few interactions he had with Kakchan. He knew Bakugo was into drugs. He recalled him saying as such. The words echoed in his mind.
0: Stupid little bitch boy! You're an actual femboy! With your supple and tight ass, I don't just like crystal meth! I love crystal meth.
1: Uraraka began to snicker as she looked up to Izuku Midoriya from the hit franchise *Your Savior Elementary*, the anime, not to be confused with the manga.
2: Of course, he's our first buyer, but we need code names, and I already got myself one.
1: Deku, if you would please call me Jesse Spaceman.
0: Um. Mm,
1: Deku uh, swallowed his pride, knowing he was in far too deep. Before looking up to Uraraka nervously,
0: then call me.
1: Walter White. My... Mike! Izuku chirped, hoping the pun wasn't going to be too obvious. It was. Author's note. lots more in Comic Sans and one pixel smaller than the rest of the fic. Yes, I know that Walter White and Jesse Pickman do not actually go by their real names when dealing drugs. Piss off, you cock goblins. With enough speed to give a stoner an overdose, the two got to work making crystal meth. It wasn't pretty, but it would sell. Once it was done, the pair prepared for their first sale with Bakugo. They got into disguises, hoping not to draw attention to themselves as they waded out in the woods.
2: Alright, Deku, don't fuck this up.
1: Uraraka stated, glaring at the nervous hero in his yellow jumpsuit.
0: I won't, I swear, but I'm still really worried that we're going to get caught.
1: As Izuku pondered over this, a figure walked into the clearing they were standing in, looking up to the confused and bad-smelling pair.
0: I take it you two are Jesse and Walter...
1: Bakugo asked, looking around to make sure he wasn't being watched. That we are. Ready to make a deal. Uraka smirked under her mask as Deku began shaking like how a motherfucker feels getting into a lazy river right it, when it opens. Like the Kalahari could afford to warm that water up, but they choose not to. <laughs> this is true, by the way.
0: Yes, Bakugo's eyes
1: is. slowly trailed over the two before locking onto Izuku. He knew those hips anywhere. The nervous energy the dump that made even Mineta question if Izuku actually had a huge ass quirk. If shit went south, Izuku
0: would flake. Hey, not so fast, Jesse. I think Walter over there is having second thoughts on this whole thing. (laughs) What? No, 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 no. I would never...
1: Izuku stammered, trying to defend himself, after already committing a crime by making crystal meth.
0: I know that fine ass when I see it. He's gonna dip on you, Jess. Probably take care of him before we make this deal.
1: Uraraka looked towards Deku, who was now trembling in fear before returning to look at Bakugo. Then you know what that fine ass can do, don't ya? I do. Bakugo said, intrigued by the offer. Deku yelped as Uraraka smacked his ass, moving him in front, before showing a bag of crystal mats to Bakugo. She tossed it lightly into the air, watching as it landed on the ground with a soft thud.
2: Well, let me cut you a deal. You can have the flake in exchange for a little cash. I know you're packing some yen in those tight hands. Might
1: as well toss in a few
2: extra million.
1: Bakugo pondered over it. He was getting the two things he loved most, crystal meth and men. Not to mention it was Deku. It was a mighty fine offer. Some may say an all fine offer. a deal. Bakugo began walking forward, placing a briefcase in front of Uraraka as he gripped onto Deku.
0: What? <laughs> what?
1: Zuku cried out, despite Uraraka getting exactly what she wanted from the exchange.
0: Just you wait, Walter, might. I'll be the one who knocks you up.
1: Bakugo began laughing as he walked away, ready to get high and horny at the same time, while Uraraka counted the yen happily to herself. At least her family would be covered, and her mission would be a success. The end.
2: So what encouraged you to write sissy Deku fanfiction,
1: Michael? So, uh, I have, a, I have a friend. His name is, uh, we're, we're, we'll call him Golden. He's my peer reviewer for all my fanfictions that I write to make sure that they're funny. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, I threw the the, I Like Crystal Meth and Men in there as a joke, and he thought it was really funny, so I had to elaborate on it.
0: Oh.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Also, I just thought it'd be funny to keep bringing back the uh, the line of pops his ass like a flat tire.
0: That's a pretty good line. It's a pretty good line.
1: Yeah, I I love using that line. It's my favorite. I'm going to have to find a new one, because I used it twice already. So... We'll see, but yeah, that, that's the answer. That's the answer to the question.
0: Hmm. Well, I thought it was quite fun. Did you like my Deku? I did. Uh, my Deku? Lot, yeah.
1: I, did. Uh, I will say, originally, I was going to have Gus Fring enter in as the first buyer, but I couldn't pass up on just throwing Bakugo in there. I thought it would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Also I haven't watched Breaking Bad enough to do Gus Fring justice.
0: It's not that hard to be totally honest. Any what you get from the memes is basically what he is on the show.
2: If you've like if like if you like you watch Mandalorian and you've seen Moth Gideon, it's basically the same format.
0: God to In contrast, Tuco here. That would be really funny.
1: You're saying names I don't know.
0: Uh, he's a fucking, he's the first crazy meth dealer that they're dealing with. Gus Fring is like the second one, who's hmm. more composed, but also much crazier. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, <sighs> anyways, I definitely enjoyed that one.
1: I'm glad. I, I, I need to write some new ones. I think we're planning to one day do a, uh, sort of like our white elephant, but do one in the summer. Or each write just like general, like general fix, or we're gonna change up the white elephant to not be like Christmas focus and just be write something that's funny. That way we can have, because we ran into an issue when we were like preparing our presentation, because we usually like doing, you know, multiple fan fictions that we wrote instead of online, because, you know, it's, it's better content. Uh, it's more people get to experience the full fan and fury, if you will, and just it it incentivizes more people to come to the, to the like, you know, to the panel, because you're not going to find these fanfics anywhere else. I mean, obviously, we have chain that we can, like, leech off of, but...
0: We need to cleanse the crack-fix sphere.
1: We, we need less sex, and we need more ha-ha funnies, you know?
0: Yes. Yes. That's I what we need
1: again. in life. But yeah, I, uh... That's that's. Specific. I was gonna write. Um, I was gonna finish up one of my other ones, which you might see a little later. Might be the next one that we add into the lineup, uh, which was All Might ex Princess Peach, a smashing success. Which is an in character All Might fight, uh, having sex with a overly horny Peach. Oh no! I love that sort of dynamic. It's so do, funny. Do
2: you, do you have a bunch of sex moves named after U.S. states?
1: Absolutely.
0: What's uh, what's the Texas?
1: Oh, you you don't know about the Texas thrust?
0: No, I don't know about the Texas thrust. Tell me about the Texas thrust.
1: So you thrust, right? Uh-huh. And then? You say a slur, because it's the sound. <laughs> you say the slur. All I would never say a slur.
0: No, 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 you also, say a getting, slur.
1: We would get that kicked isn't... out of most, uh, not most, all the conventions for having that.
0: You say what you think is a slur, but is not actually a slur like it could sound like it if somebody was very unfamiliar with the language like calling somebody uh calling somebody a uh a, a <laughs> <"Come> <laughs> here, you little oak bark the the
2: the way uh the
1: way chris pratt says koopa in that one uh in that one clip oh yeah 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 uh. You I mean there you, you're not gonna be ready for the Detroit dick takeover. <laughs> you're not gonna be ready for that one. It's it's a powerful move. Not not to be confused with the fucking Denver dick twist. Very different.
0: Bring your fine little panhandle over here.
1: I'm about to give you oh my, my Long God. Island dressing. <laughs> 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 it's just a bunch of puns based off the of states. Oh, I'm I'm stealing this now. Uh, oh, yeah, this was also originally not going to be a My Hero fanfic. This was going to be, uh, this was really going to be titled Mr. Krabs enters the lucrative drug market.
0: Oh, we got to write that one next. We have to write that one. That's excellent. It,
1: the only reason I didn't go with it is because we, I think that we didn't have uh, enough anime fan fictions, given that we were at an anime con and I felt kind of bad spongebob mm-hmm. is an anime what are you talking about it's an anime it's an animation i mean yes by the definition of a few countries outside of america yes but uh within america not so much but this reminds uh, me of that you know, Chan yeah.
2: green text that we read uh where it was the like the japanese 4chan where they were yelling at the guy because he'd only seen powerpuff girls in south park and that's fucking normie shit Apparently,
0: <laughs> apparently. Well, shall we? Shall we read another?
1: Uh sure. I mean, we ha- I have a few options here for us that we can all sort of agree upon. Uh, there's lessons with Hagrid. Uh, there's one that I I saw that I liked the idea of, which was a Ruby fan fiction about Jean uh, becoming a teacher because of what happened in season one. Uh, and then there is just one that's just called Shinji just snapped and totally wails on everything. Uh, there's also uh, an Avengers fan fiction called Private Bookmark, which is about them discovering the internet, having written smut about them. Hmm. The, so they have a few options.
0: The Jean Ruby fanfic, that's not called Professor Ark, is it?
1: That is Professor Ark,
0: yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I've read that before. It's really good.
1: Yeah, I, I saw it and I was like, I really like the concept of that one. Uh, it might be something I end up reading on, on my own, honestly, because there's so many fucking chapters. But uh, I thought there were some options. I think well, the only re- the only reason I didn't have Lessons with Hagrid in the last uh, last batch was because somebody didn't want to read anything that was uh, Harry Potter related. Not to, not to point any names or anything.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Well... I'm I'm open for anything and whatever May- Professor Ark I know is good and I think the initial chapter is also fairly funny and entertaining. Uh, uh and this it is, would be uh, for yeah. Professor Arc. Yeah, okay. this well, is well, like, I, could... I solidly recommend the fanfic as a whole and its sequel, Professor Ark 2.
1: Yeah, I, I saw it and Ark uh and Ark for Ark those Ark of you Ark. don't know, um for context by the way, uh J Ark, uh, Joan got into uh got into beacon academy by forging documents to get in yes
0: yes he's so a naughty naughty boy he's, he's a naughty
1: naughty boy naughty naughty boy but yes. i the i thought it kind of
0: revolves boy. around that mm-hmm.
1: yeah and i saw that and i thought that was a, that was a really really good concept
0: it is it's a really fun concept altogether and did uh the the author god bless him Probably the highest paid fanfiction author on the planet. I don't know how much he's making now, but he was making fucking bank on Patreon last I checked. Really? I oh, did yeah. not he, know that. Fanfiction is his, like, side job, his side gig. Except it could be his main gig because he makes so much money off of it. Here, let me go take a look at, uh, while we pull up the fanfiction. It's, uh, kur is his, uh, his author name.
1: Uh, I mean, uh, he, if he makes good stuff, he makes good stuff. I mean, I don't know what to say.
0: Yeah. Well, let's pull it up. I
1: haven't Take watched Ruby since Volume 4
0: ended. I'm gonna be real. <laughs> yes, he's paid uh, $2,200 a month to write fan fiction. Holy shit. Yep. That would
1: pay for one whole class of mine and, and my course my college of choice.
0: Yes. Now, granted... If you pay him a lot of money on Patreon, he gives you private writing lessons, and will in fact review and beta your own work from last from I checked, which admittedly that's, is a long time ago.
1: That's I mean, that's cool. a pretty, that's pretty cool. I'm I'm a fan. Yes.
0: He also updates like five fan fictions every week, one chapter a day. So he's a fucking monstrous beast of writing. He's still doing this, you know, by the way.
1: At this point, I don't think that this would just be crack fiction. I think this is just like a little ha ha, more of like a comedy hour, uh in in my eyes.
0: He did write a crack fiction spin-off yeah. of it.
1: Professor hmm. uh, Art.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Who's introducing it to everybody? Me? Michael?
1: Um uh, I will I'll read the I'll read the author's notes and go ahead. We can we can sort of divvy up. Uh, I think Matt should probably be narrator. Sure. Given his uh, sultry voice,
0: Sergio is anyone with a vagina and a pulse.
1: Uh, yes, this is Glinda, true. Glinda, Glinda Goodwitch.
0: Yes, Glinda Goodwitch. Glinda Goodwitch. That leaves, uh, I think, um, Osborne or Michael. And
1: yeah, Osborn and Joan. Jean. 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 and Jean. So I, Jean. I can do both if you want me to, Math, uh, Maticus.
0: Uh, I think they talk to each other a lot, so how about I take uh Ozpin? Okay. unless unless you want Ospin,
1: yeah, I'll, I'll be John
0: all right sounds good. take it away, baby so
1: this is Professor Ark uh by kur al Aran uh he didn't know the first thing about teaching hell. He didn't even know the first thing about fighting. A shame, then, that his forged documents paint the picture of an accomplished and skilled warrior. Now he's trapped teaching students his own age how to be hunters when he doesn't even know himself. Hey there. Kor uh, Kor Alaran, once more, I'd just like to say that the publishing of this, by no means, suggests any delays in one good turn. I've already started planning the next chapter of that, and we'll hopefully have it up before Christmas. This was basically a dream I had two nights ago, which amused me so much that I decided to have. Uh, I decided I had to pen it down, perhaps as a one shot. If it generates enough interest, I'll continue it as a story alongside one good turn. So, if you would like to continue, uh, if you'd like it to continue, please drop me a review to let me know and suggest any pairings or ideas you might have as well. It would be written mostly as humor, elements of rom com as well.
0: You want to know what's really painful before we There's read it. This- this was written before, uh, you guys started high school.
1: <laughs> Alright.
0: <clears throat> A slight oversight. Jean-Arc was in trouble. Serious trouble, in fact. He was probably gonna go to jail. Or maybe worse. Fraud, deceit, other allegations he didn't know the name of, but sure was existed. Once again, Lady Luck had taken one good look at John arc and just thrown up all over his life. It had all seemed like such a fantastic idea at first, too. Beacon Academy was the premier school for hunters. The best of the best of the best went there. And those that graduated went on to be successful and famous hunters. Heroes. And he's always wanted to become a hero. But like most children, he'd just whittled away his younger years dreaming and playing only to find that he wasn't fit enough to enter Signal. And now, because he didn't have the training from Signal, he wasn't skilled enough to enter Beacon. It was such an unfair conspiracy. It wasn't that he wasn't intelligent or hardworking. He was willing to train for hours if need be. The problem was that he'd started too late in his life. Deciding he wanted to become a hunter at the age of 12, that left only six months for him to train for the Signal entrance exams. Of course, he hadn't been fit enough, even with a grueling regime. What could be achieved in just six months? He hadn't given up, though. He had trained hard, studied even harder, but there was no real substitute for four years of intense training at a combat school, and it showed. When it had come to the time to send his credentials in for the Beacon admission, he hadn't even hesitated. To cheat? Oh, he'd learned his lesson from Signal, all right. Better to seek forgiveness than ask permission. There was no way he would get into Beacon without a formal education in combat. So. He'd saved up some money and sought out the aid of a, well, a less than reputable individual who was skilled in forgery. And gods, it had been expensive, too. The documents were brilliant, though, painting a believable and impressive history that was enough to make him stand out, but not too much. He'd even tested it at a bank and been able to open an account using it, so he knew it was good. He could still remember the advice the man had given him as well Remember, kid, the best lies. Have a grain of truth in them. But if you can't use the truth, just tell so many lies they can only dig through the top layer. Hide lies under more lies. And he'd been so damn confident this would work, which is why his world had come crashing down when he had received a personal invitation for an interview with the headmaster of Beacon Academy, Headmaster Ozpin. Screwed. Of course he saw through it, and to asked why I did this before he arrested me. In fact, he was so sick with worry that he unintentionally managed to survive the bullhead trip to the academy itself without vomiting. That might have also had something to do with the fact that he hadn't eaten in over 16 hours as well. Nervously, he tugged the collar of his hoodie and readjusted his armor. He wasn't sure why he had come armed to the teeth this meeting. He certainly wouldn't be able to fight his way out of this, but the clothing did provide him some small, meager level of confidence. He could at least look the part. Uh, do you want to take the italicized thoughts, Michael, or do you want me to yeah, read them?
1: Yeah, 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 I'll take
0: them. Uh,
1: confidence. That's all I can rely on right now. But Dad did always say that confidence can be all you need in some situations.
0: That advice was all he had to trust as the door to the bullhead slowly groaned open, revealing the tall spires of Beacon Academy to his eyes. It was beautiful, everything he had ever imagined it to be when he had dreamed of attending when he was a boy. He savored the sight before him but he let out a sigh of the damned and walked peacefully down the ramp towards the blonde figure waiting for him. It was a woman of indiscernible age with blonde hair and a stern expression that screamed disciplinarian. One arm was held at her side, pinning a number of books to her hip while her other hand held what appeared to be a writing crop.
1: Um, sorry, did I keep you waiting?
0: Jean greeted in as calm voice as he could, making sure to keep his eyes fixed on her green orbs as he held a single hand out in meeting, in greeting. Internally his mind was screaming at him to run, but he stuck to the confident and self-assured persona his forged records suggested he was. Time to go down fighting! The woman nodded back once, reaching forward to shake his hand briefly, still keeping the crop in hand as she did so. She didn't smile at him, but her green eyes didn't show any anger either which is probably a good sign.
2: Indeed. Thank you for coming, Mr. Ark. I am Glinda Goodwitch, deputy headmistress and a teacher here. I hope Professor Osmond's summons were not too sudden.
1: Oh, of course not. I was happy to have a chance to see Beacon in person.
0: Jean replied easily as he offered the woman a smile. He had to resist the urge to let it die an ugly death when she stared back at him, simply working an eyebrow.
1: If you're going to escort me to meet the professor, will you? Let me help you with those books. Oh, yes,
2: thank you, Mr. Ark.
0: The woman accepted with a slightly surprised expression before she could hide it. Jean took half of the books with a hidden grin, glad that his attempt to distract her had worked. Only a few books, but a gentleman was always polite with ladies, no matter their station.
2: If you will follow me, I will show you to Ospen.
0: She turned away from him as he quickly stepped in to walk beside her.
1: Uh, thank you, Mrs. Goodwitch.
2: Miss, actually.
0: She corrected as the two of them passed under a stone arch and into what looked to be a large round plaza with a fountain in the center.
1: Uh, really? I, uh, well, I mean, uh, sorry.
0: Jean apologized, making sure to add a little fake surprise to his voice. He wasn't surprised at all she wasn't married, since she looked too damn scary and unapproachable for most men. Even if he was closer to her age, he didn't think he would have the stones to talk to her in any case.
1: I didn't mean to assume.
2: Don't worry about it, Mr. Ark.
0: The woman urged with what actually looked to be the slightest beginnings of a smile on her face, barely there for a moment before she mercilessly killed it in a brutal fashion. Still, it was a start.
1: Okay, okay, thanks, Sean. Displ- disciplinarian, uh, apparently strict and is a headmistress, so be polite, formal, flattering, and uh, but don't even think about flirting. She helps run a school for young adults. No doubt she gets way too much attention of that, uh, too much of that attention as, as it is.
0: It was definitely important to stay on the good side of anyone here. Uh, if I might ask, Miss Goodwitch, uh, do you
1: know why Professor Ozpin wants to meet with me? I'm afraid he didn't explain very much when he called me.
0: And what a harrowing call it had been. Completely out of the blue, and he'd been too damn scared to ask many questions of the white-haired man. He'd been able to only just get out that he would be able to make the appointment and confirm the bullhead arrival time. He'd then spent the next week in panicked agony, and now here he was.
2: I do do know, Mr. Ark, but I'm not at liberty to tell you just yet. I believe Ozpin would like to meet with you first. I am sorry.
0: Oh, there we go. No real expression on her face beyond the stern expression he was beginning to believe was simply standard for her, but the inflection she put on her apology suggested she was, in fact, a little sorry she couldn't tell him. At the very least, it provided a bit more confidence for him. If this was to throw the evidence of his forgery in his face, then she certainly wouldn't be this polite with him and definitely wouldn't apologize for keeping things secret from him. If she was as stern as her expression suggested, dress and mannerisms included, then Jean was very sure of his first impressions here. Then she would be furious if she knew he had forged his documents. Did this mean they didn't know they were fake? Was he going to get away with this? Uh, don't, Don't worry about it then. He laughed, waving off the issue as he tugged at oh, his oh, jeans. Oh, <laughs> what the fuck does that laugh sound like? The fucking Muppet.
1: I've been watching a lot of those Plan uh, Jim Henson documentaries.
0: <laughs> that would that would certainly make Good Witch like, what the fuck is wrong with this kid?
1: <laughs> he just gets shot in sight. <laughs> I'm just worried that I'm a little underdressed for the occasion.
2: Not to worry, Mr. Ark. We understand that for a person of your caliber, you would come to such a meeting armed. It can be difficult to put Hunting the Grim aside, even for more experienced people.
0: His caliber. Yeah, but at least his records had proven themselves, it seems, if she honestly believed he was some kind of hotshot hunter in training. That took a lot of the stress off his shoulders, especially if this was... Just some kind of acceptance interview, or maybe they interviewed all the students before deciding to accept them? Had he just panicked over nothing?
2: Ah, here we are. Professor Ospin is waiting for us inside.
0: Two large doors opened, slowly as the woman walked into the room, letting Jean follow behind her as he admired the decor. From the view through the huge windows, he could tell this was the central spire of the Academy. Apparently, they had Master's personal office. Apart from a large desk and a few bookcases, the room was rather bare. He'd honestly imagined something more from a man as powerful and no doubt wealthy as the headmaster of Beacon. But perhaps this was just to create an image the man's personal quarters could be lavish. Greetings, Mr. Ark, the man stood behind the desk, commented dressed in an immaculate green suit and sipping on a large mug of some kind of hot beverage. Even if Jean had not recognized him as the man who had called him recently, he would have immediately known Ozpin by his fame and distinctive white hair. Swallowing his nervousness, Jean strode towards the desk and held his hand out over the polished wood, his blue eyes staring into brown. A hysterical part of Jean's mind commented that Ozpin's hair seemed quite similar in design to his own.
1: A uh, pleasure, Headmaster.
0: He kept his hand steady, waiting as the man seemed to take a long sip of his drink before putting it down and grasping Jean's hand in a firm shake. Glinda stepped forwards to take the books Jean was carrying from him as he sat down across from the Headmaster. The woman then walked around the desk to stand beside, but slightly behind the Headmaster. Jean waited for them to speak, not saying anything as the man took another long drink of what Jean could now identify as coffee. Well then, Mr. Ark, thank you for coming to this meeting. Jean nodded, but didn't say anything. This man was definitely far above himself in terms of experience and knowledge, and Jean knew about dealing with people like that. If he didn't know the correct response, then stay quiet. I received your application for entrance as a student of Beacon Academy, and have had some time to look over your records. Once more, he paused here as he fished out some pieces of paper from a drawer in his desk, taking another long drink. Jean schooled his expression to a calm facade despite the frantic hammering of his heart in his chest. Quite the glowing recommendations you come with, Mr. Ark. Trained for four years at the Vacuo Academy for gifted youths before staying on to begin your formal hunter education. You would be 20 years old now, correct? Uh, That's right. John lied, trusting the forged documents with all his heart. It had been an important move to have him listed as three years older than he was so that he could fit in. The various hunter academies kept in close contact, so it would be clearly obvious if he claimed to be from one of them and they checked the records against their database. All except for one school, since it had been destroyed by the Grimm three years ago. I've heard of many survivors of the attack there. Most did not continue their career as hunters. The Vacuo Academy for the Gifted had been a famous school, and one of the only schools that could train hunters from their first entry at 13 right through to their graduation at 21. It had been attacked and destroyed by the Grimm three years ago, though, and most of the records had been lost with it. The fraudster had made sure to explain that to John, along with the importance of sticking with the story.
1: I can understand why it took me over two years to recover from that. I'm hoping you'll not let my age work against me in this regard.
0: That had been one of his main concerns, that they would refuse him because his records now said he was twenty, above the usual starting age. Oh, of course not, Mr. Ark, the man replied back with a small smile. Three years ago, well, three years is not so much time in the grand scheme of things, and it would be a shame to see such talent wasted. My concern is quite the opposite, in fact, Mr. Ark. At this, he pushed across some of the papers to Jean, showing him statistics he had long since memorized. Valedictorian, skilled fighter, excellent tactical skills, and a strong grasp of theory. A team leader with unparalleled empathy for his team, able to motivate people to work as cohesive groups, even in the worst of situations. His records even claimed he had a few missions under his belt, some taken during his time in Vacuo, others during the three-year break afterwards. He couldn't claim he'd just sat around for three years, so his records painted a picture of a man who had done his best to evacuate the other students and fought to protect them. He'd also done some freelance work for villagers that couldn't afford a hunter or who needed help immediately. All falsified, of course. If I may be frank, Mr. Ark, the man spoke as a grin formed on his features. Meanwhile, Jean's spirits fell in sudden terror. I think you're too qualified to be a student here. (laughs) You have the skills and credentials to be a hunter right now. So might I ask why you wish to be a student once more? Oh, God, he hadn't expected this. Oh, no, he hadn't thought that they might reject him for being too good. They might think it's too suspicious for a skilled man to wait to lower himself to the level of a student.
1: I need the qualifications.
0: Jean tried as he slumped in his seat.
1: Uh, Skills aside, uh, a lot of doors are closed to a person who has not graduated from a school for hunters. I want to prove myself and others that I deserve to be a hunter.
0: A worthy goal indeed, and I would never consider denying a hunter his dues. But here in Beacon, we assign students into teams of four. You must understand, Mr. Ark, that someone of your ability would overshadow his team and might lead to them not developing into proud hunters as they should. John couldn't help but feel a small thrill of panic shoot through him, not out of fear that he would be rejected. In fact, the man had as clear said that he would help John get into Beacon. What if he was assigned to no team, instead left on his own? That would be a disaster. He didn't have the skills to survive as a one-man team. would be publicly humiliated and ridiculed in front of the entire student body if he didn't just die first. If I might ask, and I do not wish to bring back difficult memories, but how did you... Hope with the grief of losing people in vacuo
1: It's difficult.
0: Jean hedged, delaying so he could think of a story to tell while the other two teachers waited patiently. Uh,
1: My team was killed and there was nothing I could do to prevent it. Uh, Beyond that, many of our friends and colleagues were dying as well.
0: The two adults seemed sympathetic as he paused to think of more excuses. He couldn't afford to paint himself as a traumatized youth, or they might ask him to undertake counseling. At the same time, to suggest that he was just over it would come across as incredibly convenient. Uh,
1: those of us who survived banded together, though. People are stronger together, and we helped each other when we fell down. I had two years to come to terms with what happened, and I want to move on. if You'll let me. But the onus or the decision in their hands.
0: Use guilt! <laughs> Underhanded though it might be, it would come way too far to back out now. This was all for nothing. Wise words indeed. What do you think, Linda? The headmaster asked as he leaned back in his seat with a wild smile, wide smile on his face. Jean turned to look at the woman who had escorted him here, noticing the sad look on her face, which she quickly hid.
2: <clears throat> I think I agree with your decision, headmaster. Mr. Ark will be good for the students
0: here. He was in? He'd done it? I think we'll be happy to welcome you to Beacon Academy, Mr. Ark. Professor Osborn congratulated, pushing a sheet of paper and pen across to Jean, which he picked up to inspect. A uh, contract for employment? He blurted out with some confusion as he flicked through the various pages, seeing nothing but huge amounts of text and regulations. You're too qualified to be a student here, Mr. Ark, but you have just what we need for a support teacher at Beacon Academy. Jean barely heard the man, his eyes flicking over the front page. A teacher? Him? Oh, God, this was a disaster. Forget forging his way as a student. This was about ten times worse. He's going to be forging his way into employment. And he didn't know enough about being a hunter. He could barely fight. Good God, his students would be able to beat him up. He was going to be roughed up by his own students in front of everyone. I
1: have no experience teaching.
0: He couldn't help but stammer out only for his new hope to be crushed as the blonde deputy stepped forwards
2: i will be helping you with that mr Ark.
0: she replied as she nodded to him
2: you will have your own classes but we will do some training a few days before the term starts and you can sit in on some of my lessons as well you'll be up to standard for this don't worry
0: oh that wasn't his worry at all his worry was more along the lines of humiliation followed by an inquiry maybe finished up with a lengthy jail term
2: Your responsibilities would be helping other teachers with their workload, monitoring some lessons, perhaps some advanced cases shadowing teams on missions as well. You might even have your own classes in a few months, but they would be regular subjects.
1: Can you give me an example of what subjects you might be thinking?
0: Jean asked half to give him more time to think of excuses, but also so that he could get some bloody studying in on whatever frickin' subjects these were.
2: I have long off wanted to offer a course for those who had experienced loss on difficult missions, perhaps on coping in stressful situations, or simply camping. They would be optional courses, and you would be required to grade or offer exams.
0: Okay. That that didn't sound so bad. If they weren't graded, then arguably there was no way to prove he couldn't do the job, was there? He wanted to refuse. To explain that he had applied as a student and wanted to become one, be a part of a team, But that wasn't what Jean-Arc, survivor of Vacuo, would do. He was a leader, a man with standards and confidence who had survived where others had died. Anything else could reveal him as a fraudster.
1: I suppose I don't really have a choice, do I?
0: Jean joked to the two, while internally his mind screamed in agonized pain. Welcome to Beacon, Professor-Arc. Fuck my life. Ah, uh, good times.
1: Well, I'll read the, the final part here. Go
0: ahead, go ahead.
1: Well, there we go. A few quick answers. I made John claim he was 20 just to give him an age advantage on the other students, even if it is a fake one. He is 17 as per the normal series. Got to thinking about what his records might say. They had to be good to get him <laughs> in if he didn't go out, go to a prep school like Signal. But if they said he was that good, why would he even need Beacon anyway? My future vision for this, if I did continue it, might be might see it as a humor romance with a, and I normally hate this, harem approach. He would not have multiple partners, but it would have multiple girls interested in him. As a teacher, he obviously cannot openly date any of them, leading to frustration and hijinks. I also thought of Ospin making him a student counselor on the side. I do apologize for Jean basically lying about people dying to further his own agenda. I wanted to show how building a foundation out of lies can end up with you being stuck inside something you aren't uh, being stuck inside something if you're not careful.
0: Uh, this that is a good story. I, I have,
1: I have heard good, good things story. about it, which was why I threw it in here. Because I one, I really like the premise. And I thought it would be really funny.
0: Yes, it is. It is really, really crack thickish for the first like 15 or so chapters. And then it gradually develops into a much more um, realized story.
1: I don't think I would even classify this as fan fiction. I think this is one of those situations where like you take a plot thread that wasn't really i wouldn't i would argue wasn't explored as much in the original and do like and basically sort of make it like I wouldn't say crank it up to eleven but just like take it and just go okay well he forged his way into beacon what if he forged his way into beacon but his forgery was just too good
0: mm-hmm I would still say it's fan fiction at the end of the day, but I, I mean, I obviously, it's, not, I'm not, it's not like the typical one. It's more of um, an AU in a way.
1: Yeah, I would classify it more in an AU. Like it's not crack fiction, where it's in the sense of like Shrek is love, Shrek is life, that sort of thing. It's more in the sense of like this is a funny little haha with a with a fun little twist. And if you already like Ruby, you kind of already have the idea of where this is going.
0: Oh, no, the the crack stuff isn't quite in chapter one. It's more more in a couple chapters because this was actually written before we knew a lot of the things about the characters in Ruby. This was written before we really knew who or what Ozpin was, in fact. So if you really like Ruby and you've watched a lot of Ruby and you know a lot about the later plot, it's actually really, really funny coming back to read the incredibly funny slice of life comedy-esque parts of the first stuff like coffee is like crack cocaine to everybody that's a very long running gag the coffee they have at Beacon is the only reason anybody is there um there's a lot of other small jokes like that and he he really 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 milks the interactions of Jean with all of the students it is incredibly hilarious what happens but we're not going to read any more of it today I can solidly recommend it though as someone who Uh, was reading this as it was being released in fact damn you are an ancient beast i am a veteran of the field as they say although it was still being released in 2018 so well still but yeah if you
1: want to continue reading that by all means it's just called professor Ark. it's a very good ruby fan fiction uh we'll be back again same sort of schedule as before we got some other stuff we need to work on. June's going to be a very busy month for us.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yes it will.
1: Maybe one day we'll get a we'll get the approval to do a whole episode just recapping our little private Starfinder campaign that we've been going through.
0: Perhaps. Perhaps so. That is that will be a that would be a fun episode. There's a lot of fun characters and plot beats that we've had.
1: Honestly, I think just an RPG horror story would be a fun one, but I don't know if you guys have had bad experience i know i know sergio has i know jake has i don't know i can't say anything about uh bartholomew and you matt
0: oh i i was in logan's campaign so for sure i've got oh, a few okay. horror stories
1: okay okay Man, yeah for we'll, sure we'll see have a few
0: horror stories and we um, we'll do an
1: rpg session
0: we we have some stories we have a number of stories
1: I guess yes. if we ever need a a day to fill, we have our uh, we have our answer.
0: I mean, if we need if we need to fill stuff, I mean, you you have high expectations of us. We could talk about random bullshit for fucking hours. If we <laughs> yeah. to. Oh, I
1: know, I know. We've done this. We've done the schizo episodes. We, we've done I those. Love the schizo
0: episodes. We, <laughs> we've uh, done in this. Our, it, in all of our heart of hearts, are we not all a little schizo from time to time?
1: Hmm. Depends on the day
0: for me. Maybe. Anyways, uh, thank you for listening. I love you, audience.
2: Ah, Today, I love you.